lots of chatter these days about flu shots and vaccines and variants and increased uh, noteworthy activity flu-wise right across the country. And there seems to be a little foot-dragging going on on the part of some Canadians. Here to talk more about it is Dr. Brian Conway, the medical director of the Vancouver Infectious Disease Centre. Dr. Conway is also an adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University. Dr. Conway, good morning, sir, and welcome back. Good morning, Sterling. A pleasure to be here. It's nice to have you with us, Dr. Conway. Talk to us a little bit, sir, about what you understand to be a certain degree of reluctance among we British Columbians with respect to getting that 2022 all-important flu shot. There seems to be a bit of foot-dragging going on. Well, we got off to a good start. Over 630,000 people have uh, gotten their flu shots a bit earlier than we're we're used to, but it, it seems to be slowing down. People are tired of getting shots. They're thinking, this is another shot, another one I don't need. I've had all the COVID shots. I don't need anything more. You do need a flu shot this year. We've had a bad year in Australia. It's a bad year already in eastern Canada, bad year in Alberta. It'll make its way west. Get your flu shot. Yeah, Dr. Tam, the uh, Canadian public health officer, is uh, is noting the resurgence or a surge in cases countrywide, uh, and certainly British Columbians are not immune from any national trends. What, uh, what beyond the the obvious fatigue with uh, getting shots and and having had quite enough of that, uh, is there some misunderstanding with respect to the efficacy of flu shots in BC? Well, we got used to uh, talking about vaccines with 80 or 90 percent efficacy, the mRNA COVID shots, traditionally flu shots that have been very effective at reducing burden of flu in the community are about 50, 60 percent effective on the whole. So people are saying, well, this isn't effective enough for me to take. It prevents the severe disease more than it prevents all of disease. We learned that from COVID. So. If you are at risk of getting very sick from influenza, you might still get the flu if you get a flu shot, but you're much less likely to require hospitalization or to get very sick from it. So it's a very effective shot and one that's worth getting. Right. Now, Dr. Conway, one of the things that's happening here uh, for many British Columbians these days, myself included, sir, is we're receiving invitations from the vaccine data place. And in my case, I received an invitation to get both a flu shot and my fifth, as it turns out, in my case, COVID booster. Now, I had already had a flu shot a couple of days before receiving that invitation. But my question to you is, is it okay to get these shots together or should you stagger them? When, when you get an invitation like that, should you book your flu shot first and go back for your COVID booster? What's the protocol there, Dr. Conway? It's fine to get both together. One doesn't interfere with the other in terms of the efficacy of the immunization. It saves you time. You may get a little bit more of a reaction to getting the two shots together, sort of pain where the injections occurred and feeling a little bit, uh, a little bit achy for the day. But that would be the only difference between getting them together and staggering them. And I think you know, it's worth getting them both together. It's done. It's one one event, one time you have to go and get them. And you're protected against two important viruses that could cause severe disease. So and enjoy the convenience of the invitation and take them both while they're being offered simultaneously is your advice, correct? That's absolutely. There's a lot of research that supports that. 
and uh, and uh, you shouldn't worry about getting both of them together. In fact, uh, it probably is a is a great idea for uh, for you to do. Dr. Conway, I wonder, sir, if you could speak to something that we hear anecdotally quite a lot at flu shot season, and I've been getting my flu shot for years. Some people will say, well, you know, I've never had the flu before, and I've never had a flu shot before, but this year I decided to go out and get my flu shot, and darn if I didn't get the flu shot, and within a matter of days afterwards, got a case of the flu. How on earth does that happen? Well, one doesn't relate to the other. It's just uh, sort of a, a fluke that you got sick right after, uh, right after your flu shot. It may be that you had some side effects of the vaccination. It passed and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't really uh, the flu. But uh, in, many, in many instances, because flu is always around year after year, sure. people don't get the flu because they're protected by community immunity. It's just it's out there and you're kind of protected. We haven't had that kind of immunity over the past two years because we haven't had flu so you really need to get a flu shot, especially in situations like we're having this year. And uh, the argument that you never got it really doesn't work uh, in this current circumstance. Yeah, and Dr. Conway, we're also seeing a thing with the children of Canada who have not enjoyed the ability to hang out with each other for the last couple of years and develop those natural immunities you just referenced a moment ago. And we're seeing a tremendous spike in respiratory ailments in young Canadian children as a direct result of that this year. What do you recommend for their parents? Get all the shots that your child is entitled to. Encourage them to understand that vaccines are our first line of defense. If your child is sick, keep them home and keep them away from other sick children as best you can. If they've been sick, this is when we're going to start to to think about wearing uh, masks for the few days after we start getting better to reduce the risk of transmission. And you've learned to wash your hands over the past two years. It's a great habit. Keep it up. That also helps reduce transmission. I'm glad you raised the notion of masks, Dr. Conway, because it seems to be enjoying a resurgence in terms at least of the public consciousness. There's a considerable amount of increased discussion about, and of course, the federal government this week recommending the use and wearing of masks in indoor environments, not not mandating, but recommending. And what do you make of that? I think we're not going to go back to the COVID-type mandates where masks were ubiquitous in our environment. There are certain environments, such as our clinic and many healthcare centers, probably most healthcare centers, where masks are still being, being worn. And if you are in a situation where there's a lot of circulating virus in the community, where there's many, many cases, it may be that locally we will ask people to wear masks for a period of time to sort of reduce the transmission that seems to be occurring. But masks will be part of our normal lives going forward. We will use them judiciously and strategically to help us live as normal a life as possible. Right. And a final question to you, Dr. Conway, and we're grateful for your time on a Saturday morning, sir. This uh, this COVID booster business that I've received an invitation for, I've had four shots for crying out loud, and yet they tell me there are variants that I need to be boosted against. Shot number five is important. Yes? If you have not gotten a bivalent booster, the newer boosters, and your last shot was more than three to six months ago, this is a situation where you are getting your next shot 
it's important to do so, and it sets you up for what we think is going to be a yearly shot going forward. It will protect you optimally right now and probably protect you until the next shot is due at the same time as your flu shot about a year from now. All right, Dr. Conway, excellent advice. We appreciate your time on a Saturday. Thanks ever so much for joining us. We'll do this again. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.